I became a, a millionaire at 21 through e-commerce. I put everything in. I, I put everything on the line. I sacrificed everything, social events, my summer holidays, everything through my my teens to build my e-com business. No watch, no diamonds, no watch, good timing, yeah. No watch, no diamonds, no watch. Welcome to Life Talk. I am so excited today because you might have noticed we have changed the podcast studio a little bit, but more than anything i have a, a really close friend of mine and somebody you have seen at the event at hybrid entrepreneur summit marbella one of the most talked about masterminds and summits here in marbella if you have missed it i'm very sorry gotta get your tickets early gotta make sure you be here but i'm sitting here on a one-on-one -on -one podcast with the one and only elliot weiss hello Welcome, my friend very Thank good you. to see you, man. You too, buddy. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, you, uh, when it comes to an introduction, I have I have many things that I greatly respect about you. I think you're one of the most stoic uh, gentlemen I know uh, in my circle. Besides that, you have started extremely early with entrepreneurship. I believe thirteen. Mm -hmm. You have built a seven-figure business in coaching. You're helping other coaches do the same where let, let's start at 13 when when and where did you decide to get into entrepreneurship and how how, how was that always inside of you yeah so well thank you for having me firstly thank yeah. you, jesse appreciate the uh, introduction and yeah the hybrid entrepreneur summit was was something special and uh, there will be more in the future no doubt so we'll make sure they get the uh, <laughs> get the tickets for that early on no but with myself i was a very strange child in that we we talk a lot about the matrix you and i and, and the system i realized from a very early age that there was a system and i think from about 11 12 that was when the question started coming of this doesn't seem quite right there's something more to this people seem to be doing the same things and the web design business was the first business i set up at 13 which was off the back of me doing a paper round with a friend I was, I saw, I saw the minimal amount of money they were earning and actually had the foresight to see the events that were going to unfold in, in my life if I followed everything that I was told to do, which would be get a paper round, which first and foremost, which would then lead into getting a, a traditional education, which would then lead to get a safe job and then die. And that scared the shit out of me, to be, to be frank. Yeah. And that was the thing that motivated me to actually think about ways outside of the traditional system to, to make money. One thing that I was blessed with was never having any cap on my beliefs. I was, I was blessed from that, uh, from sports, from an early age. I, I always believed that I could always win and do things that other people could do. And thankfully being a massive geek, I fell into to web design. Um, Can you believe this? A <laughs> massive geek. Huge you geek. see this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Huge geek. Um, my friends at school were geeks. We were all playing Warhammer and nerdy stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I decided that, you know, this, this internet thing came about, I was blessed to be born through the birth of the internet with a lot of you won't even know what it is, dial up internet, which basically would connect the phone line to the internet. And if you were on it, your parents would scream at you because they couldn't phone out or phone, or could phone in, right? <laughs> <laughs> the world's changed a lot. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, no, this, this, this thing is, this thing is going to be quite powerful. And at the time, no one knew what it was. Everyone was writing it off a bit like AI now. And I realized that, okay, everyone's gonna need a website at some point. 
someone's going to need a website and I'm going to be the guy who's going to supply them. So I started to learn how to build websites. And this was back in the day. The websites back then were crap. The browsers were bad. The computers couldn't really load much graphics. But I built my first Warhammer website with my friend Morgan. Um, and the rest is history. I, I then decided that was going to be the way I was going to make my money. I then asked everybody in my circle, friends, family, parents, friends, parents, and, their, and managed to get my first website client for £350, I believe it was. Um, it was actually a second cousin of mine. And for everybody listening right now, how old were you? 13. 13 still. 13. Incredible. That was 13. Yeah. That was, yeah, I, I started the web design earlier on, but I didn't have a business then. Yeah. I, I classed my first business was when I actually got paid. That's when, my, that's when my business started at 13. I was like, well, that's a fair few paper rounds. And that's, uh, that, that, I've still got that client to this day. <laughs> still, I'm still serving that client. Customer loyalty there. Yeah. Um, wow. And, so yeah. and what, we're, we're, just one step back. What, so it was always this distinguished, distinguished like, ability of you knowing there was more like from early on, like when you were yeah. like a kid. It wasn't your family talking about this. Or, or was your family like entrepreneurial no so my dad uh, my yeah. dad my dad still owns a small manufacturing company yeah um so the one thing that i was blessed with as well i, I say blessed a lot because i feel yeah. very grateful i was given parents that were solely focused on my happiness and would never impose what they wanted me to do on me and no matter what it was i was very art-based uh, growing up like i liked art music yeah. it wasn't really academic they were happy if i was happy because I had a burning design of very competitive that enabled me to just figure things out for myself. Now, a lot of people would need to kick up the ass because someone like me that has parents that don't push them would tend to, to back off. Whereas yeah. me, I was like, well, okay, I'm, I'm free to, to explore and, and figure things out. And because I had that, I don't know where it came from, from a very early age, that I was able to do what I wanted and I could create the life that I wanted and I needed to find an avenue to do that. I was asking questions very early on mm. and I was looking for avenues and ways to do it from a very early age. And I was born through the internet, which was a huge opportunity, which gave me the low barriers to entry and the arbitrage to actually start building momentum to do that. So I, was, I, was, I think there was a lot of luck there, but also very, very fortunate to have the parents and the environment that I was given at that time to be able to jump on that. That's incredible. And you, you were always close to God? No, 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 no. Still... Still to this day, I mean, I class myself as an atheist. I believe in yeah. energy and, and balance, but definitely no God. I've, definitely. No, no, no. For me now, and I, I mean, for, yeah. I believe in something, but yeah. we call it God. I think I'm becoming more spiritual, so I believe there's something. So you do believe there is something. There's something, yeah. 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 I, if you call it God, yeah, yeah. that's fine. I, mean, I don't believe in any traditional religions. That's, um, that's very interesting. That's, that's very interesting that you, that you say that, because a, a lot of times, I, I speak to other entrepreneurs, even in, even in my own circle, and we always speak about putting God first, right? Giving all the credit to God. Mm -hmm. You're saying there is something out there. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't give that as the number one credit for my success. But do, do, would you say? Would you go as far as saying that you are God? Like it is. It is you. The benefit I had as a kid because I didn't believe there was anything controlling me. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that. Okay, God. <laughs> okay. You could say that God, I felt God was within me from that point of view, but it wasn't a being or an entity. It was me and my ability to do what I needed to do. It wasn't controlled by anyone else. I think that gave me the freedom and flexibility to be able to believe that I could actually do things that other people couldn't do or perceive they couldn't do. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have that cap of someone has laid out a path for me. I can write my own 
script. And I don't want to come across egotistical because I think to say that just the phrase I am God is possibly a little bit heinous. But what I think you're trying to allude to is that I felt that I had the ability to to create my own future, which would imply then that you had godlike tendencies, I suppose, in a way. But let me give some more context to that. When, 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 I, when I say that, I do believe strongly that God resides in all of us. So therefore, we are also God. You know? mm-hmm. and, and whether you believe we are children of God, it makes us a part of it. Right? I think we have, we talked about this a little bit prior to the podcast as well, we have the distinguished ability to actually control our mind and to control our own life so much so, which you had on a very, very early age. So I'm really trying to tap into like, where was it that you had that shift? Was it a realization? From what I understand, it was always like a part desire and understanding of there is more to this life, which is really special at that age. Even from yeah. an early age as well, I was petrified yeah. of death. Wow. Right? So because I didn't believe in after, anything after life, I had the, the desire to create something now that was meaningful to me and to others because I felt that I had one go and I wasn't going to waste any seconds. So whether that was God making me be that way, it's certainly now serving me because fast forward, I know we, we can go back, yeah. but you know, I now am hell bent on creating tremendous amounts of impact. And because I know I have the ability to be able to be someone of extreme impact in a positive way in health in finance in in unleashing people from this this system that we 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 know that's controlling us i'm obligated to do everything in my power to help those people and i feel that's my my right with with great with great power comes great responsibility and i feel not to do that would be maybe this is god talking i don't know but I feel it would be a waste and it would be a huge regret of mine if I got to 85 and I know that I didn't impact as many people as I know I can. And that's evolved over time. A lot of it started with me and and, and putting my gas mask on first and now it's completely shifted. You, you, how, how did that trajectory go from like 13 to now? Because, because back then you were, you were doing e-commerce. You weren't particularly helping other people that, that started later on yeah so it, it yeah. was all about me yeah start with i was competitive i wanted to win yeah. everything i wanted to do everything myself um i became a, a millionaire at 21 through e-commerce i put everything in, oh, I, I put everything on the line i sacrificed everything social events my summer holidays everything through my my teens to build my e-com business i was hell bent knowing that if I could graft for a very short period of time, I could have a life that no one else could ever have, which was true. And I did it. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a, at, at 20 years old, I was driving around university in a, a 911 turbo. <laughs> right? Yeah. No one knew who the hell I was. Yeah. I was selling lighting on the internet. Had a great business model, put all my yeah. time and effort into it. And by the way, before we, before we go further with this, I went through traditional academia as well. I did college, I did university, I did economics. I yeah. got a really good degree from a very good university. So I'm talking from a place as well. When, when we go into detail a little bit more, I've done all the traditional stuff too. I got offered a massive hedge fund job, a stockbroking job. I would have been the youngest hedge fund manager in London had I taken the job, but yeah. decided to pursue my own career because I didn't want to be uh, an agent. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be an NPC. So 
yeah, it it was it was a rocket for a very a very short period of time. I, I created a tremendous amount of of progress in my life. That is incredible. Yeah, I mean, we 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 talked about this a little bit. A lot of things that we we have a relatable story in regards to understanding the system, the matrix, and helping other people to that are ready because not everybody is ready. That's another conversation we need to have after. But at least we try to make people aware of what is happening and their potential. And then it is it is on you to really fulfill that potential and to live the life that you can. It's not going to be easy. But what, what you had at 13, I had at 20, right? So I, I had this mindset, okay, I need to fulfill my masculine purpose through the military. So... I was like, okay, I want to be part of the best. I want to do military police. I want to do all this. But understanding, I was an agent of the matrix. So I was on the other side. I was on the safe side. I got a salary. You know, I was protected by the government. Um, so it's, it's very interesting when you talk about that. And when I realized that, right, I, I, I took that complete change. And I knew that e-com was the opportunity. We just were going over some numbers before the podcast as well. And the potential there to start as an entrepreneur is huge. Like you can, you can start it from anywhere. And that's kind of like, for me, where that started. For you, it was 13. And I think when you, like where 20, I think you already started like helping others to understand and realize that. At the same time, and, and I want to ask you this as well, I had the upbringing of, hey, you got to go to university. Right, I and I was like, okay, if I go to university, I'm gonna study psychology because I understood very early this is all a mind game. So if I at least get to learn about the mind and how things work, only to figure out that it's like textbook. You know what I mean? You're gonna learn to diagnose people according to a diagnostic statistic manual that is really compounded by a group of brought together experts in the American Psychiatric Association. So. Yeah, I wasn't too big a fan of that either. And I stood also the matrix within that. Um, plus in those five years, I could learn a lot more about psychology than I would in university. Different story. So why did you pursue understanding the matrix so early? Why did you pursue that traditional path? I saw and was just observant. Mm -hmm. I think that the people that are involved in this game that are NPCs that are on repeat are ignorant mm -hmm. to everything that's going on around them. And they don't introspectively think they don't ask questions. Yeah. People that are, I call them losties. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in, in the game, you have the game. The game is basically a code mm -hmm. and the system is created by the coders. And we're all inside of this game, whether we like it or not, we can't escape it. And there's three categories of people. You have the NPCs, the non-player characters, you have the losties and you have the players. And an NPC doesn't ever ask questions. They're like an animal. They are pre-fed, they're, they're, they're running on instinct and will believe anything that they're fed by the game, which is fine, and that's, that's, that's them. Then you have the losties, which were like us, starting to ask questions, realize that we were on repeat, but we didn't like it and there was more to this. And we were becoming aware that there was players around us. And I think early on I saw players and I asked myself, why the hell am I not one? And that's what it is. I think a lot of it comes down to just being aware. I had awareness. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that probably came from the fact that it sounds to me like you had a different upbringing to me where you probably had slightly more of an environment that was slightly stricter, a little bit more specific on what they wanted you to do, a bit more pressure. I didn't have any of that. So I was able to ask questions. I never got slapped for it. I wasn't punished for pushing against the matrix. I don't know why that was. That was just luck of my parents and the environment that I was brought up in. I didn't go to private school where they're a little bit stricter with that. I was left to my own devices. I was getting good enough grades through like secondary school just to, to, to keep my, my head above water. So I never got pulled in, but I was left to do my own thing. Yeah. Which is exactly where I liked it. I could build my websites. I could sit at the back of the class. I could plan my, my, my businesses and, and build my websites for my clients. I had a little blue folder. Everyone else was learning math and science. I was sat at the back of the class figuring out what I was good, what design I was going to put on the webpage yeah. for my client. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that. So to, to answer your, um, your, uh, your point here, I was actually raised by a single mom from when I was 12. I think my, uh, I think they divorced when I was, when they were, when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I felt very early though, a responsibility to be the man. And it was for the best. It was the best for everybody. My mom was actually very free. You know, we, we, she like from 16, I was free bird. I was on my own and I left the home. I went to the military thing, right? Graduated high school and that was it. Never got back home. Um, I mean, to stay, like I rented a place, a small room where all my military paycheck was going to completely unnecessary, but there was just no, like my mom was really like, almost like Spartan, like, you know, you got to get out there. You got to get out to the world. At first I didn't understand it, and I became very emotional about it. So I'm like, why, why, you know what I mean? Like, but, but she understood, I, I never got a single dime, nothing, you know, like, and, and I think that that is what really pushed me. Um, because if it, if it was comfortable or if there was a path laid out for me, oh, you got to do this. And there was indoctrination everywhere through media, through people around you, your peers, your own environment, you know, of which many are still in the same place. And then there's this guy that's traveling the world, 72 countries, econ, what, what, what? And you don't know nine to five. So that, that created also a lot of like envy from, from the peers and where I grew up. Cause you know what I mean? That, that was so different. And so like, so that was, that was a very interesting time. Um, but, but to be fair, I didn't grow up with a mom that said, oh, you gotta do this. It was, I think in the back of my mind, because we're so indoctrinated by this idea that we need to have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. We need to have a piece of paper, you know, that if this entrepreneurship fails, that at least I can be a psychologist. At least I can be, you know what I mean? I did the same. Yeah. That's why I went to uni. It was a backup yeah. plan. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. And I also think that you coming from a place of very, a lot of people bash academia, they bash the system, they bash all this stuff, but very few have actually gone through the system to be able to comment on it. Mm-hmm. I think if you're coming from a place of actually being through and done it, you then have the ability to critique both sides. Yeah. And then when you've lived them both and you walk the shoes of both, you have the ability to be able to critique both. So I think it's important to do it as well. I think if you're going to bash something and put something down, try it first. Always, I think that's part of being an adult and a and a, and a good a good role model. Um, a lot of people talk from. Actually, I was having a chat with Zach, the camera guy, on the way over here. It's a really interesting topic. Actually, we'll go on a quick tangent. The internet is now filled with morons that have got zero experience yet sit behind a computer from their mum's basement, giving critique yeah. on everything. They're experts, so-called experts mm-hmm. in their own field that they've never actually stepped foot on. 
And the problem we have now is, I think it's always been the case, the internet has now given them a, a voice and a platform to be able to do this. And a lot of people are talking from a place of lacking ability, lacking experience. And if you're going to be someone that's going to put yourself out there and give advice, fucking do it first. Yeah. Do it first because everyone else just thinks you're an asshole. 100%. <laughs> so yeah. to, to make that point, I'm, I love that you've done yeah. it, you've tried it, and now you're commenting on it and you can actually be someone yeah. that's able to give a balanced argument on that thing. And, and to be fair, I think there was also an element of ego involved. It was like, I knew I was going to help people. I knew I was going to be a coach, but I didn't want to be one of those guys that's a self-proclaimed coach without any credentials. Mm -hmm. And then like, okay, what was the main thing I could, okay, I can, I can do like basic stuff, you know what I mean? I can graduate five years, six years to university. And at least I can say, I have done it. Mm -hmm. I have the paper, whatever that means. Because in the end, it's just a paper. It's just a credential. But I just, I just had to for my own ego. And, and I'm like, if I look back, because now I can, I'm asking myself if I would have studied and dedicated more research to like other forms of psychology and the mind and the spectrums of, of which it operates, I would have taught myself so much more than the textbook that I was given by university to which is predominantly focused on, like I said, boxes and putting people there and, and a, a very negative approach towards psychology, you know, diagnosis and that kind of stuff. It helps for perspective, 100%, but also looking back at it, self-study can generate so much more. But the question really is, are you disciplined enough to actually do that self-study? And most people are not. So they need an academia, they need a university to show up, to have the homework, to do it, to be held accountable, because they can't discipline themselves. So yeah, to your point, I 100% agree. Yeah. I think I, I completely disagree with academia. That's yeah. why I run a mentorship, yeah. which goes against the traditional academia and the way you learn. What I don't have a problem is though, the fact that you, you talked about what you didn't say was, I would have spent that three to four to five years doing nothing. You said, well, I would have actually, if I went back and did it again, I would actually apply it with something that would give me a higher return on investment. Yes. What most people do is they say they don't go to university, but they still don't action anything. So 100% agree. If there's nothing else that you are going to do, at least go to university. What university does do is teach you structure. There's nothing better than academia for teaching you routine, for teaching you structure. So for that, it does a very good job, a very, very good job, nothing else. But have the ability to turn up and show up. And I heard a very good quote the other day, don't critique something that you don't have the opportunity to do yourself. So for example, don't critique your, your house or the color of the, or the, the, the clothes that you wear that are very expensive, the watch that you've bought, if you don't have the opportunity to buy that thing yourself, or you don't have, don't critique someone's academic situation if you don't have the opportunity to go and do that yourself, you don't have the, the ability to turn up and do those things. And that's if we, we can make that a prerequisite across the internet. If you don't have the opportunity yourself, you can't comment on that. The internet would be a lovely place. But unfortunately, the NPCs, the, the, the agents of the system, as you said, will forever give you that friction, give you that push. Uh, something I would like to ask you as well, actually, when you went through that period where you went traveling and you said that you were obviously doing things that other people didn't deem to be like a real job, uh, I imagine. Yeah. Were you finding that those so-called agents, the NPCs, were giving you, because what they do is when you're trying to break through, 
system knows that the, the program knows that you're trying to break free of of the shackles or start putting roadblocks in its way and it's normally in the in the presence of, of close friends associates mm. people that you actually lean on a trust so then we'll start trying to bring you back down to their normality 100 percent, my friend like i and this is this was a very tough time in my life as well as much as as it looked so perfect from the outside because people close to me that I thought that were my friends, that thought were in my circle, were really not. They were envious. And they, they and, and, and this is another thing, right? Like, they were, because they were NPCs. They weren't like lost souls. Because then you would ask questions. Hey, this is inspiring. Like yesterday I was sitting like with this billionaire I told you about. I'm listening. I'm like, I'm learning at the same time. It's inspiring, brother. Tell me, you know what I mean? And that, that's why like when you see people around you, the players that are doing things with their life, that you seem to think that are unattainable, ask those right questions. And, and a lot of people in my circle, they were just degrading it or putting me down or um, attacking me, right? And, and I was very shocked by it because my mindset was so different. And I, I thought that back then I was too naive to trust them and to think that they would come with me along the journey, win and eat together was my philosophy until this day, till this day still is winning together. I want my team to win. In fact, ask some of my guys that work with me right now, I, I would put them first before myself. And that's how I was able to scale. And when I, when I did start like traveling, like I think I was, 22 when I really figured out the e-commerce game and then this idea of like traveling and it was very real it became very real and I was like okay you know what this is my 20s I'm gonna like I'm active now my best friend passed away at like 33 so I was like and he told me he said go travel go experience because you don't know how much time you have so I was like I gotta see places I gotta I gotta do all this and uh, at the same time, I was doing this full academic thing. Um, so I was, and I had the time to do it because I was running my online business. And then every time I came back to Amsterdam, I, I bought my first property when I was 23 in, in uh, the center of Amsterdam. And I started like building that out. And that has always been like, kind of like my idea of, of, of property investing. And so I understood the system I understood how to operate outside of it as much as I could, because we're always going to be part of the matrix some way or another. And at the same time, I understood that my purpose was bigger than that. Like I reached a point where I was bored. I was in a luxury hotel, I remember, I'll never forget. And I was very comfortable. I was not motivated anymore. I was like, okay, whatever. Like I didn't care about nothing anymore. It's like a fuck you, like, you know, what, what you gonna tell me? What, 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 I'm living my life, but that that wasn't it. So then I came a lot closer to God and I, I started to understand my purpose, which was really about giving, giving back in, in my community. And I was doing some acting on the side. I also, whatever, like I always had a passion for it. So I did some uh, drama school in New York City, uh, started doing some uh, drama scenes. I did some, some things in America, some things in Netherlands. And that was always a passion of mine and a hobby, which elevated also my personal brand. And because the, the, the matrix wanted to typecast me a certain way, you know, this, this, this assertive dude, uh, 
that already is like out there and living his life. Oh, perfect. Let's put him on a reality TV show. I think I was 23, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it was it was a completely new show, but in America, that's huge reality TV. And I didn't even, I didn't even understand the spectrum of it. So they, they, they typecasted me with, um, I can't say too much about it, I think, uh, because I still done, I st- I've done so many shows with them, but it was, it was very fascinating because as much as that was like, you know, she, she basically scripted in a way, it was also kind of like putting me out there to like so many people that had an opinion on that, on that type. And then when I, when I, like started sharing of who I was and going live in my own content. Like, hey, this is like day and night. Love this guy, you know? And 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 I started building a huge community and my socials were growing. And then I went all in on personal branding. And that I didn't really care anymore about what other people thought or trying to hold me back or jealousy or envy. Because I started to receive emails and messages till this day. And like Thank you, man. Like, you know, like, and that's really what drives me. So Joe Schmo that is trying to bring me down or talking some shit, whether it's wherever or online, doesn't really affect me anymore. It doesn't do shit, you know? So because I'm doing it for the people and for a bigger purpose, serving under God. And I know that while doing that, more blessings will come to me. So it, it's like in the beginning, to come back to your question, it affected me because I wasn't prepared for what was coming. I was not prepared at all. And it, it, it shocked me. And it taught me about the world and people. I absolutely fucking love that, yeah. by the way. That's brilliant. And, and one thing that people won't even realize here is that NPCs are leeches. What NPCs do is they, they themselves, although they fuel the system, they sponge off the system. It's a, it's a, a mutual trade-off between energy balance and they serve one another. And they are then sent out by the coders, whatever. I'm using this analogy to make it realistic so people that are yeah. in this position can start to understand. People watching this podcast will likely be losties as we define them, people that are trying to find the answers. And these NPCs will try and pull players down because that breaks the system because what you just said then your network is extremely good mine is extremely good every single player that i've ever met is very giving they put other people first they have a higher purpose than the system whether it be god or their own internal desires whether that be god however you define it and a player is more philanthropic and more giving and seeking impact than anyone else in the game so the irony of the NPCs, which are constantly leeching and sucking from the system, be the ones that try and stop people breaking free into that position. And what people need to fucking realize is that rather than vinylizing the players, support them, help them, push them up, help more people become players, because it's the players that are giving back more. The system doesn't. The system is there to suppress you, to keep you on the hamster wheel, to keep you just ticking over, to cap your thought processes and, and, and belief systems so that you can never be more than you currently are. A player will help other NPCs and losties elevate. They will give and supply, and they're free from those shackles and those ideologies. And like you said, you feel happy with purpose. 
it's a lovely thing to walk through to the other side of it. And when you do, you become a better person with a pursuit of happiness. I've met very few successful people that are selfish and insular. Nine times out of 10, they're all giving, philanthropic. They want to see people succeed and do well. So we should be promoting this. And, and guys like us, and hopefully these podcasts start to get out there a little bit more because it's such a powerful message. 100%. Support people. And if you see yourself, and, and, and a lot of people don't even realize they're doing it because they're not thinking, they're not aware that if you do see yourself becoming slightly jealous or trying to pull people back, that's not you. That's a system that's been pre-programmed into you to th- try and pull other people back because they don't want these people creating their own futures and, 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 and becoming, in essence, powerful within the system, going against their their wants and desires. And I am so blessed to be in an environment where we're, we're seeing more and more of this come to fruition. I think we might be on a bit of a turning point and that's why we're all pushing hard in these podcasts. And yeah. some people are getting a little bit bored of this whole matrix talk, but I feel it's very important. And we're at this very pivotal moment in time where if we do a good job as people that have a bit of influence and a bit of power to really start trying to wake people up, we could shift the balance. 100%. And I think that when when because when we, when we say i don't think people should or can get bored about this topic because it's happening in real time as we speak mm-hmm. and i think that the, the the attacks on an individual that tries to break free are so like exponential that a lot of times we don't even realize it it goes from your tap water to and this is also what you do with limitless where you really try to elevate a person that's successful or not to a next level which i think is absolutely beautiful but also on helping them understand how to protect yourself and we talked about this from from a level of security you know because when once you get to a certain level that that becomes a thing and you have to also protect yourself from energy and so much more and that's why we have to talk about this because if there's no leader stepping up and talking about this, then who else is doing it? You know, because there's a lot of fluff out there. And I think what you mentioned about like people being selfish, let, let's be honest, there's enough people with money, right, that are selfish as fuck. Like, and, and, but these are not successful people. Success has so many more like paradigms in which you know, a high value, which we talk about a lot as well on the podcast and, and then the one with Sadia as well, will really define so clearly what is high value. Everybody talks about high value. It's so much. And, and money is just one pillar. So again, you, to me, you're not successful if you're selfish. I don't deal with selfish people. I'm, I'm, I just don't. So again, it's, it's really about your circle, understanding how to protect that. What you said about your circle and they're all like people from like long time ago. You grew together, mm-hmm. just absolutely beautiful. Unfortunately for most people, you might go here. Same happened to me. But those people want to stay here. In fact, they want to bring you back down. Stay in line, boy. Stay back in line. What what you doing? And we out here working nine to five. What what are you thinking? What do you think you are? It's true. It's very real. And you have to be careful and protect yourself and live life on your terms and not compete with nobody but yourself and most people won't ever understand this so they will live life on other people's terms and that's a sad reality we live in 
it's a massively sad reality. And when I talked about my circle, yeah. my immediate circle is very small. Yeah, I'm guessing it was how how many people have you got in your very close circle? I mean. I mean, obviously, like there are sometimes that that you know you you meet people like like us, right? And we uh, met for a relatively short time, but you you resonate so much so on the same frequency and trust, and and we already have a, a similar circle of people that we both know that you know I, I add to that circle. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about the years or, or how much time. It's, it's really about who you are and you know mutual friends and connections and energy. Um, and that's why you are part of my circle as well. And it's, it's uh, I think, maybe two or three people max from like immediate. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. one thing about cultivating circles, and this is, this is a yeah. huge thing. You're accountable, accountable for everything yeah. in your life. Everything that we do, we're accountable for ourselves. And I've, I've taken that on from a very early age. Anything that happens mm -hmm. to me is because of me, okay? First and foremost. Secondly, we talk about circles and things like that. And the general advice that you get online isn't necessarily wrong or from gurus, this, that, and the other. is culling, okay? Mm -hmm. They say, right, okay, if, if people are leeches to you or they act in a certain way, get rid of them. Okay, that's fine. However, the biggest proponent of attracting a good circle is that exactly, is attracting I'm a massive believer in frequency and energy and the energy and the frequency you put out, you get back. Be the person that you want to attract. There's so much ego in people nowadays and probably before that nowadays, I'm talking from experience that the reason they don't have a good circle is they're not good themselves. If you are a good person, and this is something I've noticed about you without blowing smoke up your ass, you're one of the most, oh man, one of the best hosts, most, yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely best way to describe yourself is, is you gave me a warm welcome that I would expect to receive from someone that's known me for 10 years. When I first met you, and you're someone that's high profile, very well known, very successful in your own right, and you treated me without knowing me from the, from the get-go as someone that you'd known for 10 years. And because of that, I was instantly magnetized towards you. Now, if you want to attract a good circle, and your circle is everything, by the way, it's not what you know, it's, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That is everything in life. Your circle is everything. You want those people in your life, and, and, and a lot of people complain that they don't have a good circle, there's nobody around them. Start acting the way that you want others to be, and those people will come. And I said to you before, I'm not a believer in God, and I'm not necessarily a believer in, in an actual religion. But what I am a believer in is, is like there's something and there's definitely frequency and energy and what you put out definitely comes back. So you're accountable for the circle that you've got. For one, culling, but also magnetizing those people towards you. If you want to be a high value male, female, whatever, and you want to attract those people, you have to be exactly, if not more, than the people you want around you. And then all of a sudden those people will, will flock. Those people, and that's, that's on you, not on them, not on your environment, nothing else. I had, a, I had a, a call with someone recently and I live, in, I live in the middle of nowhere. I live in a field basically. I like, I like rural settings and I have cultivated the best fucking team you could possibly imagine. People around me, my, my, my team, and, and, and the reason we're going to have a billion dollar company is because I know my team is brilliant. And people gravitate towards me. They want to come to my house. They're always around and I have a brilliant circle. And I was chatting to this, this, this girl on, on, on Zoom and she said to me, Elliot, I wish I just had the circle you had. I wish I had the circle you yeah. had. I might come back from, by the way, she's in the middle of Dubai. 
I might come back from Dubai so I can be around you. I turned my laptop around and said, I'm in a fucking field. You're in central Dubai, the networking capital of the world right now. And you're telling me that I have something you don't have. I said, stop for a minute. It's not, it, it's you, it's yeah. you. I said, the people are coming to me because of the person I am outwardly. It's all in your control. So if you want those people around you, be that person, be the leader, be the magnet. Starts with you. If there's no one there in your immediate circle, be, the, be, be that person and they will come. But no one takes accountability. 100%. Let, let's step into this real quick. Um, this girl, some, somebody you're dating? You have, no, no, no. You no. have a, no, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it, was yeah, a date. okay yeah. it was actually someone that was involved in the business. Okay, so, got it, yeah. got it. Okay. Um, because, because I think, um, we, have, we haven't even talked about this yet. You have a partner. Wife, yeah. Yeah, wife, kids. Two kids. Three kids. Two, and two. I think don't want three. Definitely not three kids. <laughs> just two. Just two. <laughs> three, three, maybe. No, definitely not. I'm, definitely I'm, two's great. Oh, two's, two's great. Two's great. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I really want to talk about this because I, I strongly believe when we talk about purpose, family is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Number one. In fact, we talk a lot on this podcast as well about the importance of finding the right partner. Even during the the entrepreneur summit that we did, we tapped on to like how it destructive, but also how it can elevate you as a man or as, as a woman and your business or do the complete opposite. Having a successful marriage and family yourself, what, what can you say would, would been the, the success factor there? Pick the right person. Mm -hmm. That's very, that's fairly easy to say. Pick, pick the right person. Pick like the right that. person. You have to be ruthless. Yeah. The amount of people I see that get into relationships that will go on one or two dates and then like love and first sight. I don't believe in that. And I'll be totally honest with you. I've been through a lot of relationships. I've wow. been through a lot of stuff. You do not believe in love at first sight. No. I think you could be lucky. You win the lottery. Yeah. But it's like, okay, if I said to you, you've got a, a multi-million pound company. And I said, right, you need to go and pick your COO, your most important member of staff. And you've got three job applicants from one week's worth of advertising. Would you risk just hamming off of one interview and putting that person in that position of power? Your life partner, if, especially if you're going places, yeah. you're an empire builder, is so fuck. It's the most important decision you could possibly make, thing. right? Yeah. So, no, <laughs> I don't believe in love at first sight, especially yeah. if I don't want to risk. If, if I'm feeling particularly uh, gambling, like if I want yeah. to be a gambling <laughs> addict, then yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah. But if I'm betting my empire on this fucking person, because ultimately, yeah. as you've seen, Jeff Bezos, I mean, probably a recent one, got yeah. it wrong. How did that impact his empire? You get that wrong, yeah. That's everything coming down in the future. So no, love at first sight doesn't exist for me. Yeah. Lust at first sight, definitely. Big difference. But yeah. if you want to be someone that orchestrates something very special, you have to be calculated with everything you do in your life. There is no room for extraordinary people to be slapdash and not forward think everything that they do. Every move, everything that happens needs to be done for a reason with purpose. And the biggest decision you can make is that queen that you put on that board, if you put it on that board. Because I also believe if you don't find the one, you don't put one on there, just because society tells you you should. Exactly, yeah. Have you been through some rough relationships you have? Yeah, yeah so you, because you're talking from experience. I can I'm tell. talking from a lot of yeah. experience, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and myself included. I think we all been there. And uh, uh, so, so, it, so it took you a while to get there. and. I think this is one of the, the most difficult topics as well for, for men to really comprehend 
because once we meet a beautiful woman that's that we're attracted to we fall in love or whatever like you know we have this chemical response which is really what falling in love is that is just one side of it and often when we get so attached to that feeling we forget about all that we just talk about now rationally so you as the most stoic guy that i know how did you develop that characteristic to be like god i don't care how how she how much she makes me feel like beautiful like on cloud nine whatever i'm still gonna be like here i'm still gonna be calculative how because you you have i know yeah. you're stoic as fuck, but like <laughs> you you got emotions i've been hurt yeah. i've been through you've been hurt you've been through it if you're calculating and you're forward thinking, you can always protect yourself mm -hmm. and the things that you care about the most from interfering. So even though I've been through really rocky relationships, I never allowed it to ever have the chance of damaging the life that I was building. Mm -hmm. And I am inherently a selfish person. Okay, but let me just define selfishness. I think self, uh, let's go back to this quickly because I think selfishness is a term that's misdefined very regularly. I am called selfish a lot because I pick and choose to do things in my life and pursue certain things because I'm trying to build something. But the thing that I'm going to build is going to be very impactful and very philanthropic. So by definition, you couldn't call that person selfish. It's the people directly around you that would call them selfish, call you selfish because you're not giving them the direct attention that they're after. So you have to be very careful with that. And I, I call myself selfish loosely but I don't see that as a negative description of myself. I see that as a positive because the pursuit of the impact and the thing that I'm creating is going to be very outwardly giving. I would say you make selfish, selfish decisions, but you're not a selfish person. I make selfish That's, decisions yeah, yeah. for a selfless reason. Yes, exactly. And even with my relationships from old, where I was definitely fell, fell head, head over heels with people, shoot people through lust, being hurt, had emotional side of things. I always protected the business because I knew that that was the long-term thing that was going to either, I was going to impact me and my future wife, whether that be her or someone else. And I wouldn't allow that to get in the way. So I only, okay. I was always careful of protecting that. I made bad decisions with women because I did those things where I, I, I jumped head over hills with someone and I thought that would be the best thing since sliced bread and it all fell apart and through time realized that actually you need to be way more calculating with the woman that you're with. But I was early, I was young enough to believe that probably would be the right person for me long term. So I think I was always, always going in with that non-committal mindset. And then when I decided that this was you know, going to be the one, there was a lot of checks to be done first. Wow. A lot. Saying all that, and you went through all that, you still decided to marry. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that put you at risk immediate and like your business and doesn't it tie yourself to a government? It does. It does. Now, my opinions on that are I make decisions based on optimality quite often. And I'm a much better person when I have a strong woman by my side. And that's just me personally. And that's what I've found. When I'm on my own, I'm not as effective. So if business decisions should be a risk versus reward. Now, the risk that I took was absolutely attaching myself to a woman that could definitely destroy that thing. But I mediated that risk by being very thorough with the decision. And that's the same in anything in life. If you take any risk, whether it be starting a business or getting into a business partnership with another man or male or whatever it might be, 
if you do your due diligence, you're greatly reducing the risk of that thing fucking up. Now, I did the same with my wife, and I know that she and I together have the ability to create way more impact and output than me just doing on my own. So it was a risk worth taking. And I've been through enough bad relationships, I believe, to give me that balance and foresight and skill set to be able to pick better, I believe. Now, I might eat my words. This might be playing this podcast back in 20 years and think, fucking hell, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I'd said that. However, yeah. I believe the immediate impact and optimization it gave to me and my output increase and my happiness was a decision worth having. Now, you might call me a, whole, a cold bastard, but I am very calculated. I am very decisive. <laughs> and I see everything as a chess game. As, as mm-hmm. a, as a, I see it all as a game. And yes, I love my wife and, and, and I love her dearly. I love my kids to bits, but it still has to be a decision not made purely on emotion. And it does tie me. I don't think it ties me to the matrix because she's, she's very much outside of it as well. We're both players together. Yeah. Okay. And what I've done is I've explained the journey and where we're going. I've fully aligned her with the vision. I will do the same with my kids and hopefully they get on board and hopefully they can take over the empire one day and, and perpetuate this thing. So I actually think by having this relationship, having the kids, and if I get them all on board and we're all outside of the matrix, I can keep this thing going generationally. That's beautiful. I, w- I would say though, in regards to what you just talked about, and I've thought a lot about this, that I would do the whole ceremonial like for God marrying, but I wouldn't want to involve the government for the simple reason that it's not the government's business who I fuck or who I'm with. It's only God's business to me. So I do want to commit. I do want to do my vows. I do want to do all that. You know, I want to go through all that. I just don't see the, like, the benefit of attaching that to the system. That so makes sense. I, right? didn't, because, I didn't either. And it's not just about the risk involved. Obviously, that's, that's a part of it. If it ever changes because people change. But it, it, it's not, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Understanding how it works. It's not in our favor either. When it does, when, you know, when it, when it comes to the, which I hope never happens, but if it comes there and I see it all around me, you do as well. It's never in our favor. It's never in your favor at the time of that thing happening, no. But like I said, I took the decision to go down a ceremonial route that was obviously part of the system because it was in her and her family's favor. That was actually a decision that I made as a sacrifice or yeah, it was a sacrifice mm-hmm. in her favor because it enabled me, enabled me to marry this woman who I wanted to be in my circle. Without that ability to do that, it probably would have been very unlikely that we would have stayed together because she has uh, she Muslim family. They're very traditional. Mm, and because of that, yeah. there has to be a trade-off. Now, I, and we had this chat before about yeah. high-value men and marrying women that are, we consider to be high-value women. I was very much of the opinion that I wanted to marry someone who had great respect for themselves, certain traits, and she was it. She had the whole package. Now, the one downside to it, in my opinion, was the whole marriage thing, which was, I wasn't necessarily against it, but it was, like I said, very systemized and was something that I wasn't necessarily planning on doing. But because her family wanted it, I went ahead with it because because her family, the tradition had these other values, it was worth the trade-off because I then got a woman that I perceived to be high value. 
and it was just a pros versus cons situation. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm pro-marriage. And it's, it, I like committing to someone, but I don't necessarily need a piece of paper that the government gave me to say that I'm married to someone. Actions speak far louder than words. I, I understand now with, the, with this context, yeah. like why you decided to, to, to do that, absolutely. Especially like when it comes to culture, it's, it's still, it's still mm -hmm. very big, especially in the Muslim community. But I think it, it, what it really comes down to is like, you, you found uh, an incredible woman, God bless you, and you have your family now. And I think there, there's, you're going to have to have that conversation. You know, and, and if, if, I mean, I'm, I'm dating somebody now, and you know, we, we talk a lot about this. Like, and she, to be fair, she even brought this up as well. She's like, hey, I'm, I'm the Trinity in your world. I don't, I, I want to be as far as away from this system, you know, like, and, and said, well, I respect that so much. Because normally, like, as, as a man, we have to bring up that conversation as well, like, and be responsible and be like, hey, I, I know, because most women, they, 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 they want to be married, right? They, they, want, they want that attachment for whatever reason that might be. Um, and, and in this case, she said no. This goes to show, and this is why it's so important, and a lot, a lot of people talk about not finding the right person. And I, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs. Like, I'm never yeah. getting a partner because, you know, the, the risk is high and they're <laughs> going to drag me down and this and the other. So they're really anti-relationships. Yeah. I can understand why. Uh, yeah. But it's because they haven't got the right one. Mm -hmm. They haven't got the right one. They haven't put the, the, the time and effort into finding the right one. Yeah. And another piece of advice that I could give to anyone is when you first start dating someone, because there is plenty of fish in the sea. I know that's a really cliche saying, but there's a lot of women out there. So pick the right one. From the get-go, if you're a driven man, women, whoever it may be, and you're partnering up with someone, let them know what you're doing and why you're doing it from the get-go. And if it's not for them, get them to bail out straight away. Okay? I tell them from the start, you are not going to get in the way of this happening. Just telling you right now, because if it comes to a decision down the line where I'm picking you or the business or the thing that I'm trying to build, you're going to get run over. You can work with me on this thing, but if you try and go up against me and pull me away from it, I will destroy you. And I tell them that from day one. Fair. And when I told my wife that I have now that, she said, well, you know, my medical career and everything that I'm doing, I feel exactly the same way. And I said, great. We have a mutual understanding. You get in the way of me, you know, this is not going to end well for you. But that needs to be explained from the get-go. It's the same way as hiring a member of staff. Again, an important member of staff. If you're misleading them into what the business is going to be and what it's going to be about, you can't blame them for then trying to pull back or give resistance down the line. Yeah. From the get-go, explain what the situation is. Are you on this steam train? Are you coming with me? Are you going to support me on this thing? Yeah. Because selfish or not, that's the way I'm going. And I'll be fucked if anyone's going to get in my way. And that's the way I've always been. Family, friends, no matter what, I'm going. And what happens is, is the people then that do decide to jump on your train are there for the right reasons and are supportive of the, the place that you're going. And you've done the same thing. You've probably had enough women interactions and enough bad experiences with those women to suddenly realize, okay, I need to let them know from the get-go what the deal is. 100%. That, that's quite an assumption, though. I've been with enough women. Who knows? Um, <laughs> no, for, for anyone listening right now, I'm, I'm very transparent. Everybody knows I'm very transparent about everything, and that's what I love about you as well. Like, we can talk about everything. Like, there's so many topics we can touch on, and we can talk on for hours. I don't even know how long we're running yet, to be honest with you. Um, to tap on this real quick, because I know this is interesting for a lot of people, and I get this question a lot from the community. So when you get out there, you start to live your life on your terms, you have a personal brand, you can relate, 
you start to have a lot of attractive women reach out to you. And that becomes quite interesting. So you're like, okay, what do I do with this? You know, like 70, 80% of the DMs are now beautiful women trying to connect with me. All right, let's see. So you, but, but then this is the advice that I want to give and that I'm actually grateful that I tried this in my early 20s. Explore it. Explore it. Why? Because if you are that dude, oh, no, no, I can't, I can't. And you're really thinking like, oh, this is haram. How do I say? It's like, yes, it is. Yes, it's, it, of course, I'm not a proponent of casual sex or casual relationships at all. But what I'm saying is when you are in your early 20s and you have the opportunity, like I still have a picture, you can go to my Instagram of Dan Bilzerian. I ended up with a yard with him in fucking Mykonos. <laughs> you know, that, that's the level of like... That's, that's <laughs> epic, man. Yeah. So, so I was in that... Do I now, what is it, like six years later, still would do that? No, absolutely not. Because I, I'm not that man anymore. So if Dan Bilzerian picked up the phone today and said, hey, Jesse, I'm in Marbella. I've got a, a $50 million yacht set out. Out Port Venus, would you kill that yacht? I'll have I'll have a coffee with him, and he, you know. <laughs> if I, you don't take the, yeah. if you don't take it, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll Sorry. have a coffee with him. No, no, no. Um, no, of course, like no, no, no. I mean, no. It's 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 actually not entirely a joke because it's it's it could very much happen. You know, like I mean, he's still in that in that scene. So and that's okay. You know, that's his journey. But what I'm saying is now I've discovered what truly matters, which is high value women, family, you know, which is really, really important because at the end of the day, and this is what you're going to realize if you're listening to this and you're in your early twenties or you're in your thirties or forties, whatever, and you start to have some success or you start to grow on social media or you start to have a personal brand, you will get women that want to get you. And that's always what I propone. Like don't chase women, attract women. And I never chased a woman in my life. That's not to brag. That's just the way it is. So I don't have, I, when you ask me about how to approach women, don't ask me, I don't know. Like, you know, some of those people ask me, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. You have to be, you have to attract just like anything in your life. It will come to you when you are it. So when you are the man and when you are the G, you know, people tag me all the time in stories like the king of Marbella. I don't feel like I'm the king of Marbella. I'm here like, I think permanently now, like one year. How could I possibly be the king of Marbella? Just because like I am literally everywhere, and I'm like really leveraging like, you know, the opportunity and the abundance that's out here in this beautiful paradise. You know, like it's, it's a very interesting thing that's going on. But people look at me that way because of who I am and, and, and like also the honesty that in which I operate, which is, hey, if you are a man, you have women around you, you have not explored that, explore that, and you will come to realize, because and nobody can tell you this, you have to taste it. You have to see how it's like. And you wake up and be like, who is this girl, this girl? Like, oh, what did it really make me feel? Okay, yeah, it was nice, but it left me empty. It didn't give me any energy, right? It, I gave my life force to this woman. What were, you, what were you pursuing with this? What did you gain from this other than experience or lust? And that's okay when you're exploring that but then realize, okay, what's what's really out there for me? What do I really like and what do I really want? Because if you don't do that, and this is the danger, if you don't do that and you go directly, let's say, step into marriage. And I had this conversation with Elliot Holes. I asked him the same question. And I said, well, he, he actually married his high school sweetheart. In his case, it worked out fine. But a lot of times, a lot of times, most men, 
start getting older, they're like, oh my God, how is, how is the grass over there? How, you know what I mean? And then you're going to leave your own woman heartbroken because you're out there exploring and doing this. And yes, then we can argue about high value men should be able to do that regardless. I particularly disagree. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. I heard a lot of times like high value men or it should be able to like have other women. And then, no, I believe if I choose, and I've always been like that, if I choose one woman, that's my woman. Like, and I, I will commit to her. I don't need another boot. I don't need another Just, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. It's funny. Every, every, every successful man has the same story. They never had to attract women. And this is the thing. Any, any guys out there that are looking to attract females and they're on dating, they're getting dating advice, this, that, and the other, just be, just be better. Up, upskill yourself. Yeah. Be a better human being. Be more confident in who you are and as a person and the, the, the journey you're going to. Confidence is massively seductive. It's the most seductive uh, attribute anyone can have. Someone's confident in their ability and where they're going and the footing that, the footing that they've got everyone's attracted to you yeah. and not just from a sexual perspective that makes other men attracted to and want to be around you and, and women to find you sexually attractive. So if you are wanting to, to find people and successful people have that trait, so you'll never ever have to go looking. And that does come with a problem, like you said, potentially of how do you handle that? That's with anything, right? It's if you go to a party and you're on a diet and there's cake everywhere. Do you eat it? What a high value man. And in my opinion, a high value man, is able to do is to be given a tremendous amount of opportunity and say no to the things that are going to derail him from his goals. Hmm. Okay. The ability to be successful is the ability to sacrifice and say no to things that they want. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not being funny. No human, no man that is (laughs) a cold blooded, cold blooded male would say that they didn't want to have fun with an extremely attractive women that was mm-hmm. half naked throwing themselves at them. Of course they do. Mm-hmm. But it's the restraint and the fortitude to say no because they have bigger pictures and bigger goals and this isn't the way they want to live. Now, I'm not here to judge someone on their abilities or, or their wants and desires to pursue monogamy or not. For me personally, I'm a one-man guy. If you're in my circle, I'll throw everything at you because I find that I get, from a selfish perspective, a better result back from that woman. Mm-hmm. When she knows I've given her everything, she give me everything. And in that partnership, that's all I need. But 100%, as we said before about universities and things like that, don't fucking comment on things that you haven't had the opportunity to go and do yourself, right? If you are going to be someone that comments on monogamous marriages and things like that, maybe have tried the, 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 less, <laughs> the less monogamous approach of, and I've done that. I've done that. You know, I've, I've found that, and I've tried it, and I've tried to run, for me personally, multiple women at the same time, just completely open about it, you know, not, not actually being serious with any one person. It derailed my business. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of spending more bandwidth on female conversations and, and figuring out what on earth they were playing at and what they were doing than I was actually focused on my goals. And then when I realized that that thing was getting in the way of the vision and the focus, yeah. I realized that I needed to be in a relationship because yeah. I can't, I'm not, personally, I'm not very good at being on my own yeah. as in being a single male because then I'm shooting females that are in my DMs or, it's very honest yeah. yeah yeah and i realized that i wasn't yeah it wasn't that i wasn't able to do it it was if i'm on a diet why go and stand in a cake shop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just too much it was a lot of temptation that was actually giving me bandwidth of having to then stop myself it's like if, if you've got an addiction to something you know it's bad for you don't have it in the house 
if it's not there, it's much easier to say no to. So for me, a big part of being in a relationship was it just kept me away from thinking about women because women are very powerful and they're very seductive and they can be seductive against that goal, especially if you're, you know, it'd be one of the devils oh sitting God. there trying to pull you away from yes. that thing, right? Yeah. But as a high value man, your ability to say no is super important. Yeah. And I respect men that say to me, yeah. I want a mono- I'm a monogamous guy. If I have a woman, then that's going to be my woman. That's entirely up to them. But I respect someone that then actually actions that, not says it and then goes and cheats. Depending on what you do, like I will respect you based on what you say and what you do. Mm-hmm. If you're a man of your word, that's a high value man. Whatever that word is, I won't judge you for it, but be a man of your word. 100%. What, what, do you, what do you think about the men, the high value men that say we should have access and the ability to fornicate with other women? As long as they're open with the women about what they're doing, I think that's up to them. It's yeah. like the same way I won't ever criticize on someone's drug taking as long as everyone around them knows that they're doing that, it's not damaging anyone, okay? I try to forego making too many judgments of other people's mm-hmm. decisions. What I will do is look at integrity. Mm-hmm. If you're misleading people and you're being someone of... If you're being someone that's not truthful and is being someone that is deceitful, that is not a good thing. That is not a high value man. If you're a high value man and everyone that you encounter knows that that's who you are and you don't say one thing to one person, one thing to another because it's in a different room and you're worried about what people might think of you and you're confident in your delivery and the the thing that you believe in, I have no problem with you. It's the same with COVID, right? Mm -hmm. It was another big thing. So to, 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 to illustrate this point, I never had a problem with people wearing masks. I never wore one. The problem I had was is people that said they didn't like wearing masks and then you see them in the supermarket wearing one, okay? Or people that wore it because they were told to, even though they said they, uh, and then when COVID ended, what you saw was everyone just suddenly took their mask off the day that, that you weren't wearing masks anymore. I still had respect for the motherfucker that's still walking around in one now. So I'm like, okay, I don't agree with you, but I respect you. And that's a mark of a high value man or woman that says something and actually does it off their own back and their own merit and doesn't give a shit what anyone else thinks, depending on the circle they're in. 100%. That's the same with I, I, I did it. I did it before, actually, I won't mention the name, but when I, when I started buying here in Costa del Sol and I didn't have my agency yet, I used other agencies. And one of them literally had a conversation with, and he was a, it was a very like, badly talked about guy. And I was like, you know, usually when you hear that, I get interested. I get like fascinated why is there so much shit on this guy? You know, so I started having a conversation with him. I'm like, hey, I know you own this company. You know, I started having an open conversation with him and he literally admitted, he said, I'm the biggest narcissist here. And, that's what the, and I said, you know what? I respect you for just saying that. Like the fact that you are so self-conscious and, and it doesn't make it good or bad, of course, but at least he's not a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. At least he's not, you know, being like this person somewhere else and then this he lives his authentic self whether that's good or bad so and that's unfortunately in today's society that's very rare because most people are hypocrites i mean there's and, and to make that point even yeah. further just because you're a high value male or high value female doesn't mean you can necessarily get on with other yeah. high value individuals because we all have differing beliefs, but it's the characteristics of the high value people that make them high value, not necessarily that they have aligning beliefs. Exactly. So you can, you, and that's, I think that's something that hasn't really been talked about enough. Like two high value people can have opposing opinions, but as long as they're being authentic and they're, they're not foregoing 
their beliefs because they're around people that they don't want to think about them in a certain way, be a hypocrite, for example, like you said, then mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a trait of a high-value person. So that's absolutely fine. So when it comes back to that original question of, okay, what do I think about men who believe they have the ability to be with multiple women at the same time and that not be a problem, as long as they're open and honest and they're not being a hypocrite and they're being honest about that thing, then no, it's not a problem in my mind. That's their decision. And it's the decision of the person that wants to be with them too. So who am I to critique? 100%. That, that's why like the lifestyle of Dan, we just talked about mm-hmm. it. Like it wouldn't be the lifestyle for me. The guy's not hiding it though, is he? No, I, I, you know, but but he he uh, he, you know, that that's that's what he likes, and that that's perfectly okay. And I I mean, people judge it all the time, but those are usually the NPCs that are in part of that system, defending that same matrix, right? So and I think amongst other men that are part of this one percent, uh, we understand that whatever you do or whatever you pursue, it doesn't matter as long as you have certain characteristics and certain traits that make you an, a high value, as we mm-hmm. call it, uh, person. So that's very interesting. What, what's, um, what's next for you, Elliot? Like, what, what, are, what are you doing with Limitless? What, what are you, where are you heading? Limitless is going to be the first true competitor to tradi- traditional academia. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be an ecosystem when, when you walk through the door of Limitless, as an entrepreneur, whether you're starting out, you're already a successful entrepreneur, you'll never leave because the network, the infrastructure, the people that are there and within it will be supporting you on your journey. And we'll be a brotherhood of empire builders together, which is gonna help people become financially stable, healthier, more mentally fortified, anything that you could possibly need to help assist you in your ability and pursuit of building something yourself will be there. Limitless will be an institution and I am becoming more focused on that goal than ever before. I have nine businesses at the moment, but this is the main thing. Everything else is paling in significance because I know this thing has the, it's the vehicle that's going to enable me to give that impact and the other people within the business at the moment to give that impact. And it's incredible. There's nothing more fulfilling for me than, than helping others do that and become players to use the, the analogy we're using. And that's all I want to focus on. Nothing else matters now. Before you would have told me, yeah, I want to do this and probably going to merge into this and diversify into this. No, I've got one vision. This is it now. My personal brand is now synonymous with Limitless. I'm not selling this fucking thing. I'm building this thing that's going to be a titan. and I want it to be absolutely enormous in impact, in revolutionizing the system we have now. And... If, worst case, we'd never get to that absolute mammoth size, I want to be someone that was responsible for forcing the change of the current system. At the very least, we will be a big enough threat to make traditional systems actually have to up their game and change because we're putting enough pressure on them. One way or another, we will create great change. And that's what I'm focused on. That's what's next. One, one, one focus, one drive. I love that. I really do, especially since you put that first. It has to be. Yeah. And, and everybody that's, that's tuned in right now, uh, some, of, some of which have attended the, the mastermind, the hybrid entrepreneur summit that we did, when, when is the next one? When, when can we? We're looking at November. November already? November, yeah. I think we're, we're, it'll probably yeah. be November. We're, we're still deciding at this point. It's, yeah. 
something that we don't i've had a chat to you about before we don't want to dilute the impact that it has so we, we're not going to run them every week because they're special yeah um but we also want to make sure that we give enough of them to have enough people attend so it's it's finding the balance between keeping things special but also giving enough people the opportunity to attend so i imagine it'll be, it'll be november if not november it'll be early next year but it's looking like it'll be november i would imagine that'll be somewhere special incredible incredible Man, I, I really uh, enjoyed this conversation so much. And I think that everybody that's tuning in right now, um, I think this is there's so much more coming. And I, I, I really want to bring the community on board, especially like I, I do a mastermind every year. Last one was in New York City. And more and more, a lot of the community members are also starting to live here. So uh, that's what our agency is helping with, which is quite remarkable because that was never part of my plan plan was to help people and sharing that lifestyle kind of like evolved into wow, where you live is quite amazing i want to come down here and live here and be close to you you know so it's 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 really remarkable the impact that we have and the impact that people have on others by planting these seeds and that to me is extremely powerful and i think that's what everybody really wants and should want whether it's in your own circle or beyond that Everything is, as we said today, in your control. Mm -hmm. The game can be played if you want to play it. And there's a lot of players out there that want to play with you. And there's nothing stopping you from doing that. And you're pioneering that. You're being the leader, like I said, that is attracting people, not through the place necessarily, but more from you. The place wouldn't be as desirable if you weren't here. So... For others listening to this, like I said, if you want to create that Marbella, that Porta Banus in your location, be the person. And it'll all come together. And then you can still start playing the game together. Except Porta Banus. Except Porta Banus. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice for the harbor sometimes, but you, you, I think personally, like Ben Avis, Estepona, like, you know, areas like away from that peaceful, quiet, resort-like, those are the areas if you want to really focus on on building a nice life for yourself and having peace that's more like it if you, if you, again if you if you are a guy that likes to be in the hustle and bustle you like to be in Porto Buenos and that's your style more power to you yeah i think that's the take the yeah. take home is really no matter where yeah. you want to live if you want a great circle yeah you can attract it yeah wherever that that's is. what i love what you said earlier as well you know because i, I still have to visit you with like in the uk at some point like to see kind of like how that is and how you live there um because it, it really fascinates me that you, regardless of where you live, that that just is happening. You attract it like a magnet, you know, and that that's something that's so powerful. Uh, quickly to end, I mean, I lived for four years in a place called Stoke-on-Trent, and anyone that knows where that is, it's, it's, it's not the most salubrious of yeah. places on the planet. I won't say anything too negative about it, but it's not one of the most well-known places in the UK, put it that way. It's very grey, very run down, no commerce. I lived there for four years while my wife was finishing her medical degree. And I built a hub. I built an absolutely amazing network and I loved it there because I was uncompromising in my pursuit of where I was going and people jumped on the train. It doesn't matter where I am, people will come. Why would you say is that? Like, have you, have you all, because I, I don't know you when you were 13, but you told me you were not as stoic and as for, for going as you are now. 
Because as I said to you earlier, confidence is seductive. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where I'm going and there's no fucker getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And when you're around me, you see that. And that's always been like that. It's always been like that. So I've not, I've, I've been softer as a person and I've been weaker and I've been more emotional about things. However, if I'm fucking doing something, I'm doing something and I won't compromise on that. And people, not everyone is able to do that. I am someone that does that. And because of that, wherever I am, people jump on my train because they need that leadership. They need that direction. They need that vision of where they're going because the matrix is cloudy. Mm. I see through that fucking thing and I know exactly where I'm going and nothing is going to get in the way. And as a leader, a few of us should be leaders. Not everyone can be because then otherwise you'd have a load of people leading and no one doing anything behind. That's okay. But if you are a leader and you're going to be that person, you have to have the uncompromising vision, drive, determination, and you'll magnetize those people towards you. So it doesn't matter where I'm on the planet, wherever you put me, I will build a great network and a great team. I love that, brother. I really am grateful that, you know, we got to meet and we get to share this impact together. And there are so many topics that actually I want to dive deep into, which is a podcast on itself. Like, as an example, we talked about law of business. We talked about high value. Um, so many topics that is a, is a podcast on itself. Mm-hmm. And I think you could even include it with live streaming or anything because I want to answer some community questions as well. If you have questions you know, obviously engage with us on social media um, and, and, and let us know what you think about this, this is, what you want us to talk more into, uh, because I really want to hear from you. And where do you want to head to? What, what, if, what is the biggest lesson here? And what do you want to hear more of? And uh, I hope that a lot of this was also relatable. Um, and maybe some things that you recognized from, from what you're going through right now. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for this conversation and I look forward to doing a lot more. It's been absolutely awesome. Absolute pleasure. And anyone else has any questions, please. Yeah. You, 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 I'm always open. I'm not someone that sits behind a, a social media wall and doesn't answer anyone. You want to help as many people as possible. So great. If you can send Jesse or myself any questions, then please do. And it is Elliot Wise. That's correct. That's it. Elliot Wise. And he is certainly very wise. I can, I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> And uh, God, I, I and also by the way, really quickly um, before we we enclose this, you are not the fitness guy anymore, right? You are so much more. That's because we 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 talked about this because when I went and you'll see this when you go to Elliot Weiss profile, you'll see this big guy, but I I now see a businessman, and you changed your personal brand right? Like mm-hmm. quite recently, you morphed it into something else because you wanted to step away from that. Fitness for me has been a great anchor in developing me as a person. Yeah. And it served me for a certain period of time. And what I tend to do is because I'm authentic is I will align my personal brand with who I am. Mm-hmm. And fitness for me was me. It was my identity. I was known for it as a big guy, bodybuilder, constantly conscious about the way I looked. And as I come through this period now, especially in my late 20s, where I realized that there was so much more to give than just me as the bodybuilder business person. I wanted to be known as the, the, the entrepreneur, the pioneer that helps everyone, not just fitness people, because I was mm. really focused in on that area. I realized that because my identity was shifting, I had to change my personal brand online. 
And there was a big conversation to be had with myself and my team as how to do that. Because as you know, when you align yourself with a particular audience and that's your one of your revenue streams, it can be very detrimental if you then go and change that overnight. So there was a big discussion to be had and there was a long process put in place to start realigning the digital brand in line with the new identity that I had taken upon myself personally and merging those two together. My body now is something that needs to serve me, not serve it. And that was the big shift. It was. You were tired, right? You said you felt like your energy was down and you felt you were aging too fast. Um, and I think for a lot of young men as well listening, I think it's important to talk about this before we enclose this because it's it's like we can get so caught up in this fitness journey and this, this body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. We're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. We start using steroids. We start going to the gym like, like you know, like it's our life. And it becomes something that actually starts to take from us instead of give to us. And I think it's very important to differentiate that when it can serve us and when it doesn't. And you are the person to talk about this. I mean, myself included, I've been there, done that. You know, six, six meals a day, puffy, bald. Um, I was tired all the time. And I just wasn't healthy. Bodybuilding is not healthy. But let's be honest here, right? So, so I'm very glad that you're making that shift and bringing the community as well into that like consciousness. One thing about bodybuilding and fitness is that you'll find that a lot of very successful people or potentially successful people adopt it because it has the traits that attracts a high value or a very successful person into it because it's full control. It is something that is very masculine in nature. It is very visually based, which is very important to a lot of us that are, 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 are driving for a certain image and a certain perception. And all of the things that encompass bodybuilding are very desirable to someone that will also be very good in business and has the potential to do a lot of other things. However, with people that are very successful tends to be a trait of addictive personality, all or nothing mentality. And when fitness and bodybuilding gets hold of someone with that trait, it can end up very, very, very imbalanced and very unhealthy, like you said, and I became that person. I have the ability to dedicate everything to one thing and fitness start to become that thing and that took over my life and took over everything else and through introspectively thinking and realizing that once again like women bodybuilding was something that could derail that vision it was something then that I had to shift and adapt and I wanted to use fitness for health rather than this outlet for my very addictive nature and I had to be that man the high value man that said no to certain things that I still want to be doing. I still want to be doing those things. Don't get me wrong. I love that extreme side of bodybuilding. Mm, yeah. I love it, right? Is there something it's, about it? It's amazing. But it wasn't yeah. serving me. Yeah. And once again, the ability to say no to something you want is a massive trait in someone that's going to be highly, highly successful. But you have to go through these lessons and try these things you have to say no to these things and then realize that you know you're on the right path and you're doing the right thing and that you are the right person for this this vision that you've got you have to be tested mm -hmm. to be a high value man you have to be tested you can't be a high value man without the experience and this was just a test for me and i feel like i've come through the other side 100 it, it, it's about health 
It's about so, health. That that's that's the main key point. You know, and um, well, once once you become conscious of that, you start training different, start living different. You know, it starts. It's like you you recognize, hey, why is my frequency down? Oh, okay, I, I had a, I had alcohol the night before. You start to live so consciously that like you understand things. You know, like and and you notice as well. One meal a day. If you if you want to go all the way, you really want to dive deep into what you do, like biohacking. I'm I'm very heavily invested in that, reading about it, researching it, right? Because that that's like next level. All right, yeah, you get status, you get money, you get this, that. All right, what more do you want? More money, more health. I want more health. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to help as much people as possible for the longest time possible. And if, if I'm not healthy and if my energy is down, I mean, that that's why you'll never see me drunk. Never. Like, you see me tipsy. Yeah. We've got a nice occasion. You know, I'll have a few whiskey with you. I'll have a small, a nice cigar. But why will I never be drunk? Because that's just not the purpose that's laid out for me. That's not the man who I am. It's also not serving me or the people around me. I And, and on the yacht that we went, right? All the women on the yacht, I made sure that they were okay. I made sure that, okay, you need Uber. Da, da, da. Some of them, uh, you know, had to drive back or whatever. Like, I just wanted to make sure that everybody who was invited was okay. Simple, simple plain. If I'm drunk or I'm not responsible and whether it's a police officer that comes, I can't answer his questions. Or whether it's me driving back, I'm not able to drive back because I'm drunk or whatever. We're being attacked for whatever reason or somebody tries to get, like, steal something. I, if I can't even defend myself, how, how, how am I supposed to defend my people? You know, so, so for me, you being drunk or not in control is, 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 a, is not a high value trait. And, and, and I think that a lot of times we, we look outside of ourselves like, oh, this police officer treat, treated me unfairly and I got this. But how did you approach a police officer? You know, weren't you intoxicated? Were, were you still able to answer questions correctly? Were you still able to show up? Were you still able to, to help somebody that had an accident across the street when you had to, to fulfill your masculine purpose? I mean, it, I, I think these are things that we often don't talk about. We go to these events and I see people drunk all the time. And I'm like, it's just, it's a different level. You know, the, the level that we are on and what you're doing with Limitless is, is where we talk about things beyond money. You know, we, we talk, and this is why the circle is so important because we can hold each other accountable. We can hold, you know, elevate each other, learn from each other. And we have different perspectives about certain different things. But I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, share that because a lot of times people see me, oh yeah, but, but didn't, don't you drink alcohol? Yes, I do. But to a certain point, I'm in control of myself. I enjoy it. But I can still drive home. Absolutely. Like we said, if sacrifice is the prerequisite to being successful, the thing that enables you to commit to sacrifice yeah. is control. Mm -hmm. The ability to have these temptations and not act on them is control. So it's not not to have them, yeah. it's to have them but to control it. That's the trait. Avoiding, like I said, you can't critique or comment on something you don't have the opportunity to do. Mm -hmm. If you have the opportunity to rip someone's head off but you don't, that's control. Mm -hmm. If you have the opportunity to sleep with someone but you don't, that's control. Exactly. If the opportunity to drink alcohol but not get drunk, that's control. Mm -hmm. That's high value. And that's what we should strive for. Not cutting it out, controlling it. Absolutely. I love this, man. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you. Cheers, man. Thank you, man. Cheers. Thank you.